as Pastor said, boy, I don't even start crying here, but uh, it's been a wonderful ride in student ministry, and I can tell you, I mean, I loved every second of it. Love my students to death, man. I tell you that. Um, I keep. I shared this on Wednesday with my students, man. For years, I hated the term when people call me Big John. You know, this was because it was all about football and just maybe a big personality, and I didn't like that, man. I was not from Slime. Not trying to be a big personality guy because your name gets, you never get called on TV unless you go offside or you do something wrong. So I didn't want to be sticking out like a sore thumb. And, and when people call you Big John, I just didn't like it. Until about two years ago, um, God spoke to my heart and says, you don't understand. When your students call you Big John, this is, what they're, this is what they're saying about you, man. That you're my big protector. You're my big giver of truth. And your love is real big. And, and when they put that on, when I heard that in my heart, I was like, man... I love that term now, man, and it's, it's all re- relative to, to our students, and so I sign texts and emails, and I just put Big John, and, and I love it when I hear the term Big John because it just simply means I'm loving all my students real big, and, and I love my students, and, and everybody was a little sad on Wednesday, but I was like, man, I'm not going to wear, I'm, I'm still on the same team. I'm just playing, I used to play center and guard, now I guess got moved out to tackle. You know, that's all, I'm still on the same team, so, man, we're still going to go loud and proud for Jesus, and, and I get an opportunity to kind of share a little bit of that in today's message, man. So if you have your Bibles with you, or you can look on the screen, I'm going to be coming from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, and we're sticking in our identity series that pastor's been preaching to us, and just kind of letting us know that who we are in Christ, not who we are in this world, because, man, we get sideways a lot. Man, we think our job title, just like what I was saying, when people call me Big John, I thought I was something different, that I had to maybe live up to that, that title of maybe just being a football player or maybe being a rough guy, you know? And so when I heard that, man, it, it kind of just like made me feel n- not good. But then when God was telling me, but this is who you are, and now when students call me Big John, like I said, it was, I, I saw myself in Christ and what I meant to these students. So when we start talking about this identity series that we've been in for the last few weeks, it's everything that has to do with in him. So check this out. It says, in him we've obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that we who were first, who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Uh, Will you bow your heads with me real quick as we go to him in prayer about today's message. Lord, I just thank you so much that we get to talk about who we are in you. uh, That we get to kind of push aside um, what we think about ourselves. And we get to talk about what you think about us and how you have called us and how you have given us a purpose and how we are supposed to play out our life as a praise unto you. And, and so, Lord, I just ask that for the next few minutes, Lord, that you would hide me behind the shadow of the cross, that I want you to be seen and I want you to be heard. And Lord, I just thank you so much, so much for the passion that you placed on my heart uh, to live out a life with students. And now as I roll into the prisons and, and Freedom Church, Lord Jesus, living out another passion and I get to do it in one place. Lord Jesus, I'm so grateful and so thankful for this. And Lord Jesus, man, I owe it all to you. I owe it all to you. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people said, amen. So this morning, man, I basically have one question for you. Are you living like an heir? Are you living like you're about to receive the goods that Christ has for you? Do you walk in freedom this morning, getting to play out the game of life because you know who you are in him? And you don't get messed up and sideways when things are thrown at you way or, or your career goes sideways or something like that, you know that you got the goods waiting for you. All the goods of heaven, man, your inheritance, and what does it truly mean? 
You know, Pastor's been in this identity series, and, and this week our identity is going to point us in a direction that allows to live like an heir. Man, when you know you're going to receive everything from God, and, and what does it look like from our salvation, it allows you to live. You ain't crippled, you ain't paralyzed. The world don't get you down. You run, and you run hard, and you roll hard in Christ. Now, now I got to be real with you. This, is, this message is only for those who are in him. This message is for those who have placed your faith and trust in Jesus. Because you mean you, it means you're part of his family. It means you get to sit in the lawyer's office. You get to hear that this last will and testament that was, that was given to you, what's in it for me, the goods of Christ. See, when you're in him, you are on a short list to receive the goods of Christ, his inheritance. But if you are not in him, this message is going over your head. If you are not in him, there's nothing waiting for you. There's not the goods, it's the bad. You see, if you're not in him, then you need to start thinking about why not? Why am I messing around? Why am I still exploring? A couple weeks ago, maybe it was even last week, Pastor said, there are times he gives a message and he looks on the faces and he hears who's receiving it. He, he can see it on their faces and the joy light up. But then there are times when he preaches the gospel and those faces look dumbfounded. And they're going to leave the same old, same old. And the word of God is not affecting their hearts because there's no salvation on their hearts. Why are you messing around? Eternity is too long to be wrong. And you are wasting your life not living as an heir to the throne, to everything that he has for you. Understanding your identity in him today simply means that you walk this life as an heir and you're not wasting time anymore. So check this out, man. So in verse 11, I love what it says in here. It says, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. I love that it says, in him. It takes us out of the equation. I ain't got to go try to earn something. I ain't got to try to be better than the next guy. I ain't got to worry about losing my job. And believe me, let me tell you something. When you're an offensive lineman and, and maybe you in all that sometimes and you've had a bad game and you see another six foot five, six foot six, 300 pounder come walking through the locker room, you're like, uh-oh. Is that guy gonna replace me? I ain't gotta worry about that. I ain't gotta fear that I'm gonna lose my job. I ain't gonna fear circumstances or situations. Why? Because it says in him. That means he took care of it all, 100%. I love that it says in him, that Paul says in him. It lets us know that in order to receive the inheritance, the goods that come from Christ, it's all in him. It's living out Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. As your life's verse, it's not getting caught up in religion. Your religiosity, uh-uh. It's living out Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and it's not of your own doing. It's a gift of God, not by a reserve of works, least anyone should boast. You see, I love threes. 
Pastor will always tell you, man, I'm always saying, man, I always got three fingers in the dirt. It means I'm ready to roll. I got my hand in the dirt. I'm in my stance. Give me the play. Give me the count. And let's roll. It's fourth and one. I love threes. I always give a three-point message. I love threes. The Trinity. Threes. Man, three is the perfect number. I'm always telling pastor when he gives his message, man, if you keep it to three, it's going to be a great one. But sometimes he likes to sprinkle four or five in there. I'm like, man, you fell short today, bro. Stop at three. But check this out, man. When you start thinking about, when you start thinking about the threes in here, it's grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone. That's all you need. If those three model your salvation, grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, let me tell you something. Those three, the big three, then you will live a life like an heir. So in him we have received an inheritance. What does this really mean? It simply means you are inheriting something. You have received a reward. Not because of anything you've done. It just means that you were brought into the family. Pastor talked about adoption. Talked about bringing into the family. We brought people into my house. Whether it's through guardianship or adoption. And they get all the goods. They're not different. Because they've been brought into my family, they get everything that me and my wife have. So when you've been brought into the family, God's family, you on the list. And you simply receive. An easier meaning might help you grasp this. It would be like those who are in him, they, the word inheritance means an allotment. Portioned out. Now, 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 what is this thing that we're allowed? What is this thing that's for? What have we received? We've received eternal life. Life everlasting. That there is something greater waiting for you. It always takes me off when I hear someone say this. Man, I feel like I'm living heaven on earth. Bro, if this is heaven, man, if this is heaven, then it ain't that good. Because I feel pain. I struggle, I mess up. Last I checked, man, the Bible tells us what heaven is really like. And when you read what heaven is really like, you should live passionately to get there, to finish strong, to receive your inheritance, because you can't wait. Understanding, man, when I know that I have something waiting for me, that my inheritance has been given to me because I simply said yes to Jesus, now I'm ready to roll. I like what Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 20 says this, but the Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace, out of Egypt, to be a people of his own inheritance as you are this day. See, when I think of this and my, my future reward, it allows me to roll hard today. Yet God didn't just rescue me from the grave. He allows me to roll hard today because I live in freedom, I'm not bound up. Sin doesn't control my life. How ironically that I will be doing ministry in prisons. Every time I get an opportunity to preach the gospel in prisons, I'm always telling those young men and women this, that ugly jumpsuit that you're wearing, the walls that keep you penned in, the bars that you stare at day in, day night out, check this out. That's not the prison 
that you're really in. Let me tell you what the Bible talks about the prison. The Bible says you will always be a prisoner and a slave to sin unless you surrender your life to Christ. So when I talk about this inheritance, God has rescued me from that, but he's also rescued me too. And that's to live the life in freedom, not bound up. You see, your inheritance allows you to roll hard in life, allows you the freedom, allows you to live as an heir because you have the greatest reward awaiting you. You see, Israel struggled with that thought. Their eyes was on what was in front of them. And they wandered around, they wandered around. And when you don't understand the inheritance and you don't live like an heir, you wander around and you struggle and you complain. And the devil will always muddy your water. He's always gonna remind you of what you don't got here, not what you inherited there. You see, when you inherit the kingdom, eternal life, salvation, and all of its glory, you live like an heir and you run in freedom. So what does this walking as an heir really look like? So check this out, man. Three points, go figure. So it says like this, living like an heir, you know your purpose. Living like an heir to the throne, the throne of God, you know your purpose. I'm telling you right now, man, if you know your purpose, you roll hard and you don't care and you don't give a rip what people think about you. I really don't. I really don't have a problem saying what I need to say in Christ because I know it's not about me, it's about him. So check this out, it says this, in him you have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him. <laughs> you know your purpose. You see, when you know your purpose, you don't get stuck. You ain't crippled. You ain't bothered by the noise, the buzz around you of maybe a corporate takeover. The buzz and the noise around you that you might be losing your job. The times are hard. News, all you gotta do is watch the news. It ain't pretty out there. It's not getting better. If you understand as a believer, it really doesn't get better out there outside these four walls. Life is hard, but when you have a purpose and you know your purpose, that doesn't bother you. You don't care if they blitz you. You got it covered. You ain't afraid. You don't get yourself caught up in some corner, sucking on a thumb, paralyzed, crippled, no. When you got purpose, Circumstances and trials don't cripple you. I love what Paul says here in Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served the advancement of the gospel. Woo. When you know your purpose, you understand that it's all about the advancement of the gospel. I'm not talking about a worldly purpose. I'm talking about the overflow from your salvation, the inheritance that has been given to you because you're part of God's family. Now you roll hard with it because you know you have a godly purpose. We have a path of life 
that we draw out for students and members and actually for all types of people. It's our evangelistic tool. Psalm 1611, God has made known to me the path of life. In his presence there's fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. When I talk about that purpose, when I talk about that, that path of life, part of the blessing of being on the path of life with God is the great purpose he gives you. And I use this verse. Why? Because the apostle Paul, man, life wasn't good for him when he became a believer. He had the goods, the earthly goods, when he was not a follower of Christ. But when he became a follower of Christ, man, he was beat down, he was shipwrecked, he was bit by a snake. He was almost stoned to death, he was thrown in prison. And he always talking about, life's good. Don't fret, don't worry about me, life is good. Because while I'm in prison, I'm preaching the gospel. I know my purpose. People are getting saved. Man, when you know your purpose, being in prison, thinking you jailed, ain't got a real life. Paul was like, man, I won't preach the gospel and people are gonna get saved. Paul recognized that no matter what happened in his life, the gospel's advancement was the only thing. It was his sole purpose. And he was willing to go through extreme measures to make sure people, people heard the gospel. He knew nothing can bump him off his track, off the road, off his role in Christ. You see, when you are living like an heir and you know your purpose, you roll with God and his purpose. And we know in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, how did Jesus Christ roll? What was his purpose? The Bible says he came to seek and save that which was lost. We ain't got no other purpose. We seek and save which is lost through Christ, and then we're going to do life with you. Something called disciple making. Not discipleship. Eight years ago when I came to this church, I found out what disciple making was really about. Rocked my world. Changed me. It's not doing a Bible study just to do a Bible study. It's doing life with people. It's giving them the goods in the kingdom so they can go out and make a difference where they live, work, and play. You see, if you are not purposeful and not living like an heir, then you're going to be that piece of driftwood that James talks about. Letting the waves of this world wax you. This career, that career, what should I do next? Chasing the carrot that's in front of you. And last I checked, man, ain't no one ever catch the carrot yet. Ain't no one grab it. And you allowing the snares and the trap, traps of this world to beat you down and wax you purposeful living, man. When you live like an heir, you know your purpose. You see, it was this purpose that my dad had to make a difference in the least of these that I saw as an example over 30 years ago. My dad ran a boy's home. He left New Jersey to take a job in Kansas running a boys' home. And when I was in seventh grade, I had an opportunity to spend the summers with my dad from seventh grade all the way up until about my junior year or senior year. And every year I would go and spend the summers with my dad and I would stay in this boys' home and I would see boys come in, boys who had messed up, boys who didn't understand what a purpose was all about, boys who were looking for a second chance on life. I'll never forget 
my very first night in this boys' home, and I'm in a room. I still know the kid's name today, man, Stephen Taylor, in a room. And I just asked him, so why are you here? And this is what he says. Because I put gasoline on my parents and I tried to light them on fire. You don't think I didn't sleep that summer? I had one eye open that whole summer. Man, I got into fights, man, because I was my daddy's boy. And I got into fights, man. But it was good stuff, man. and kind of toughened your skin a little bit. But man, it was what my dad was doing, a purposeful living, trying to make a difference. And I mean, man, we would, go to, we would start bringing these boys to church. And I mean, they had to, my dad made them go to church. My dad didn't care about no government rule. My dad made them go to church. You think I care about some government rule? Tell me that I can't preach Jesus in school? Try me. I told a pastor today, bears don't ask for permission. They just roam. <laughs> you got food on your table, man? I'll ask for permission after I take about 20 of your M&Ms. <laughs> so understanding this purpose, man, purposeful living, I saw my dad live it out. And what was it all about, man? It was about making a difference. Three years ago at my dad's funeral, I saw many of those boys home. Now, man, come back. Talking about how my dad made a difference in their life. You see, when you live a life on purpose, you are making a difference. Ain't pad in your pocket, you're making a difference in another person's life. My brother and I up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, I'll never forget, we're in the prisons all day, we come out and go get some dinner. We're just sitting there, and an individual comes up, well, nice dressed, and he throws our football card right on the table where I was at. And this is what he says. A year and a half ago, you and your brother spoke to me when I was in prison. I asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior that very day. When I got out, I found me a church. And I'm telling you something right now. What you shared with me, getting involved in a local church, has made a difference in my life. My life was restored. My marriage was restored, my kids. Today, I have a life and I have a purpose because of what you shared a year and a half ago. Man, when you have a purpose, you know the importance of living like an heir. And just two weeks ago, just two weeks ago, my stepmom who does mission trips literally monthly in Africa calls us up and says, I have something that in the works that we've been doing. And I want to run it by you. And what was it? We broke ground of the first boys' home in Africa, in this area. And as we broke ground on the Guy Frederick Earl boys' home, 30 individuals, 30 boys who would be rescued and be a part of that home were there at the groundbreaking ceremony. Even in my father's death, he's still impacting the world. Because when you live a life on purpose, you will always impact the world. Living like an heir means you live a life of purpose. Text out number two real quick. Living like an heir means you trust the calling on your life. You trust the calling. You don't change. Check this out having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the
counsel of his will. See, Paul understood that every moment, every single event that was about to happen or took place was God orchestrated. That even though it was predestined, it was his responsibility to trust the call on his life. You see, when you live the life as an heir, you trust the calling. You see, living as an heir means you trust what God has for you, good or bad. Paul was an evangelist and advancing the gospel and obeying everything that God had on his life even when it was life-threatening, is truly the life of an heir. Knowing that the circumstances that play out in front of us is not for his glory, but for his glory. You see, failure, setbacks, suffering, trying times, it's all a part of this calling. Don't you understand that the call on your life doesn't mean you, you escape? Philippians chapter 1, verse 29. Even though it has been granted for us to believe, even though it has been granted for us to believe, it also says, you will suffer. You will go through suffering. Understanding when God has called you, when God has a calling on your life, it's not always rosy. It's not always good, but it's good in Him. It may not be good for you, but it's good in him. Why? Because your inheritance awaits you. There's your rewards that you go after. You don't go after titles. You don't go after the pats on the back. You don't go after a success here on this earth. You know you already have that with him. I love what it says here when we start talking about you understand your calling. You trust the call. Romans 8.28 says this. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. You see that in that one verse? Called and purpose. We just talked about a purposeful living. Called and purpose. Yes, it does work out for the good because God's in it. And when God's in it, he understands that he's going to take you through it. He's going to be with you every step of the way. Because when you are called, you have one calling on your life to get people to understand who Jesus Christ is. You know you want to go through it so people can receive it. 2015 Super Bowl, Russell Wilson, quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, watches Tom Brady just score a touchdown to put the Patriots up by four with four minutes to go in the game. He's on the sideline and he says, I waited for this moment my whole life. I've waited for this moment. A quarterback, ball in my hands, four minutes to go in the game, I have an opportunity to take my team, I gotta score a touchdown. Not kick a field goal, score a touchdown. I will be responsible if we win another Super Bowl. The year before he just beat the, uh, the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning. So if he can go back to back Super Bowls beating Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, you know he's on a short list of all time greats. He takes the ball and he brings him down to the five yard line. First and goal, 34 seconds left in the game. The play called was a slant by the outside receiver, one on one. Give the ball to Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch, everybody's saying. Marshawn Lynch that year, the best short yardage running back in the game of football. Best goal line running back, more touchdowns than anybody in the game of football that year. Give the ball, you got one timeout left in, he will run five yards for you and you will be a two-time Super Bowl winner. But the play called from the sideline was a quick slant. 
Russell Wilson calls the pass play, takes one step, files a dart to his receiver, but Malcolm Butler jumps the route, intercepting the ball, tackled on the one-yard line. Patriots win another Super Bowl. As Russell Wilson was walking off the field, these are the words he said in an interview. I just lost the biggest game of my life. He didn't blame anybody, he took responsibility. Paul knows that here. Take responsibility. But I love what he said here, he goes, but if I'm not willing to go there, I will never get there. Paul knew that. He was willing to go through anything that God was calling him to. Why? The importance of bringing people there. What's there? To receive their inheritance. To receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Understanding when you do so and you're willing to go through it, but call on your life, everything that is thrown your way, it's not benefiting you. It's benefiting him. It's literally for the kingdom. That's what it means to trust the cost. So even when you go through it, it's not about you. It's to get people there. I love my calling into Freedom Church. Men and women who need it bad. Men and women who are struggling. It's the intense type of ministry that I long for. Knowing that the next decision or two really will affect their lives. It's literally fourth and goal from the goal line, momentum changing, possibly the game. They're either gonna die or they're gonna be back in prison. When you live like an heir, you trust the call on your life and you roll through it because the advancement of the gospel is the most important thing, not your advancement. And last but not least, I'll go through this real quick. Living like an heir means you live a life that's praise unto him. Look at verse 12. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. See, you need to understand that how you roll in life literally is praise unto him. How you handle things really is praise unto him. The marks on your back or on, on your feelings, on your heart, praise unto him. You see, when we speak of redemption, it's not redemption as much that brings praise, but redemption through the glorious name, through who are we witnessing. It's all about Jesus Christ 24-7. And when we roll with Jesus 24-7, and it literally is about him, then you're living a praise unto him. That's why I don't think too much about what people think about me because it's not my advancement, it's the advancement of the kingdom. Pastor mentioned a few seconds ago about the least of these. I love it, the fact that Jesus says, when I was in prison, you came and saw me. And they were like, when were you in prison? And Jesus said, well, when you've done it for the least of these, you've done it unto me. As an heir that lives out a life of praise, you understand, you understand that when you witness the gospel, when you share Jesus Christ and everything that comes with the inheritance, you are living a life of praise. When you take your eyes off your advancement and you place it on the kingdom's advancement, you are living a life of praise. See, I'm not worried about my portfolio, what my resume looks like, my 401k, my savings, who am I leaving my money to? Who's gonna get what? I'm not worried about my next career move. 
All I am trying to do is live out a life of praise unto him. I'll let Jesus work that stuff out. The advancement of the gospel, doing so. And the only way you can do this is if you live a Philippians chapter three verse lifestyle. It says all things are of no value, garbage compared to the infinite value of knowing him. A true intimacy with Jesus Christ allows you to live a life of praise unto him. An heir lives what? Life on purpose. Lives what? You trust the calling on your life. Lives what? Your praise, everything you do, everything you do. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31. Whatever you eat or sleep, whatever you do, you do it all for the glory of God. Everything you do is unto him. A kingdom-minded purpose. The advancement of the gospel, and I get to do that in this city, in the surrounding towns, in this community. I get to go into prisons, halfway homes, reaching individuals, guys and girls who feel like they have no hope, no love, no purpose. I get to go tell them about the greatest man to ever walk the face of this earth. His name is Jesus, and he wants to impact your world. And I get to do that because it's my passion and I get to do that right here with y'all. Let me tell you something. I am truly blessed. I haven't stopped telling my wife for the last few weeks. I get to live out two passions. Students, now I'm going into prisons and I don't have to go to another community. I don't have to join another church. I do that here. Thank you for allowing me to be a big bear out there so I can advance the kingdom of God and start a revival in the least of these.